A florist's world is filled with big-budget, Instagram-worthy moments, leaving so many florists feeling inadequate or discouraged because this isn't the type of work that they're attracting. But the bigger issue I see florists struggle with is being overwhelmed and exhausted and frankly, counting down the days till the end of wedding season. If you are struggling keeping up with the day-to-day -day details of your business like proposals, ordering product, client meetings, and then getting this week's wedding done, all while trying to balance kids, a day job, self-care, and whatever else gets thrown your way, I'm Jenny Beck, and I am going to help you feel so much lighter in your business. I believe that today you can start to change your business and your life, and I'm here to help. I used to struggle with pricing. Everyone needed a deal because I felt like that was the path of growing my business. But in the end, I was needing to do more and more weddings and my calendar filled up with uninspiring work. I came to a point I couldn't do it anymore. Through coaching, courses, masterminds, and a lot of self-work, that has all changed. I feel creatively inspired, have the resources to work on my business and not constantly in my business, all while making impactful money, being a more present mom, and feeling balance in my life and business. Whether this is your side hustle, your mom hustle, or your everyday hustle, this podcast is the place for all the juicy details of creating a business you adore. Flower friend, my name is Jen, and I'm so glad you're here. Hello, flower friend. This is Jen, and you are listening to the Floral Hustle Podcast. I am so excited you are here because I am talking about one of my favorite topics to talk about with flower friends, and that is installations. Installations are blowing up on Instagram, on TikTok, on Pinterest, and in every florist's dream wedding vision. They want to be doing all these elaborate installations and I want to talk about three things about installations that can help make them a little bit easier for a florist because I've seen a lot of florists struggle. They're worried they're not pricing it correctly. It's taking too long for them to price it. They're, they don't know how to do the mechanics for it or they're worried about the structure they're putting their installation on or that really the installation is just going to take forever on design day and they don't know how they're going to get it all done. So I've ran into those with coaching clients of my, my own. And then I've also ran onto that. It, so many Facebook groups are, people are posting inspiration pictures and they're like, how do I do this? How do I price this? Like, where do I even start? So I, first place to start, in my opinion, is figuring out your foundation. You need a strong foundation for any floral installation because you need that installation sometimes to be moved, depending on what it is. And you need it to be able to be beautiful all day during this event. So I first look at, am I going to have to make my installation foam free based on weight restrictions or structure restrictions? Or can I do it foam free? So I look at that first because I think knowing whether you can use flower foam or knowing if you need to go the direction of foam free is kind of the starting point for me. With flower foam, you can make that ahead of time, which is a big bonus. You can make a lot of foam-free things ahead of time as well. But if you're using chicken wire, that could make it more difficult because that whole installation pre-done doesn't travel very well. So I look at 
the weight of the structure. I look at the weight that I approximately think that it can hold, how I'm going to attach to the structure, because even that is important. Some structures aren't very easy to attach fluorofoam bricks to. Sometimes there's even shortages. I don't know if you've experienced it, but we literally this past year had it that some weeks you could only buy two fluorofoam cages at the wholesaler because there's national shortages. So I think that there, there can be different reasoning and logic behind that. But you need to start with that foundation of wondering which direction should you go. Then once you've decided that, I look at, okay, I want from a timeline perspective, how can I make this that I have as much of this done as possible for I come into the wedding that day? I always like to approach, get in your wedding, get out of your wedding so you can enjoy your weekend and so can your staff. So I strategize heavily on how to have that insulation done ahead of time. But first, we have to get to pricing it. And one of the biggest things that I see people struggle with is pricing. They post in the Facebook groups. I have no idea where to even start pricing this, figuring this out. And so I look at my mechanics. What am I going to be doing? Am I going to be doing flower foam or if I'm going to be doing foam free and what that foam free is? And I know lots of people have opinions on foam free versus uh, floral foam right now. And I totally get it. And I support whatever choice you, you make. I think that there's a time and the place for both of them. But I do know that there's also eco alternatives such as fiber floral or a lot of the ashum pouch. There's just lots of options that aren't flower foam that you can use as a similar medium to accomplish various things. So not going to have a big debate there because that could probably be a whole episode. So going into pricing your insulation, I have a very easy formula that I use to price out mainly like archways or flat installations or installations that I could figure out square footage. And literally that whole formula is figuring out how much does a square foot cost. So I look at an archway picture that somebody provides me. And a lot of times the first time I think I'm going to do is I'm either going to print that photo or I am going to go in and screenshot it on my phone. And if I'm doing floral cages, I'm figuring out how many floral cages will I need based on how airy or how big the installation needs to be. So if I need a six foot insulation on, on this beam and then I'm going to go five feet across I'm actually drawing that on my structure picture. And if you're handy with Canva, you could actually mock this up if you have a photo of the structure and you have similar flower photos that you can cut and paste to give the look and vibe of the insulation that you're going towards. Then I look at flower count. So I look at the heaviest and the lightest area and I usually average it to figure out how many flowers in one square foot of that installation am I going to need? So let's just say in one square foot, there are nine roses, three hydrangeas. Let's just say a third of a bunch of greenery. We're having a peony or some type of premium bloom. And so I'm figuring that into my equation. Then I'm going to figure out how much that square foot of insulation cost with all the different components of it. 
your markup, your labor, and your supplies plus that markup. So let's just say for easy math, we have $25 of flowers in it. You have a three times markup or a four times markup. Let's just say that square foot before your other markups, it, just in flowers, is $100 because you're doing a three or four times markup. So we started at $25 in flowers. We have $100 in product when we're starting. Then we're going to add our labor fee, 20 to 25%. And then it gets tricky because the an exact cage doesn't normally fit one square foot. So I usually take my cage cost and divide that by, if it's filling about two and a half to three feet, I take my cage cost and, of course, do my markup. And let's just say we end up in the end with our labor and whatever. We'll just use round numbers to make it easy of $150 a square foot or 125, whatever math makes more sense with what you've priced out. Then I'm going to map out and I'm going to include in my proposal. I think it's so important to include this detail on your proposal because I have in the past, especially because I specialize in cultural weddings, I've had people change the structure size because the stage needed to change, because the height wasn't tall enough, we couldn't fit everybody under the mundup or the hoopah or whatever structure it was after we mapped everything out a little bit. Most of the time I see stage changes because the staging company is running into an issue bringing that much into the venue or the layout didn't work with where walls are positioned or whatever it may be. So I map out on my proposals that exact measurements that I'm providing because I've had people go and make it a foot taller on two sides where I was putting flowers on and like you need to explain to them that we're adding more flowers because I was at six feet currently and if you want to keep the same proportion I'm going to have to add a foot of flowers on each side so you're covering your butt in my opinion by just including that little detail because it's so important that you're covering yourself to make sure that your expectations are being met with the client but also that you're getting your fair share and not getting shorted by two feet of flowers, which could be $300, which $300 is impactful money if you're doing a smaller wedding especially, but it's just fair and good business to make sure that you just have those things in writing in your proposal because then you're just always covered. So I will then take what that square foot is that I've averaged out from the heaviest and the lightest spot because you a lot of times people are, are making that kind of airy effect. There's a heavier concentration of blooms and then it trails off. I include that trailing because if you don't, then people are going to be like, it's not very full down here. Well, I've, aver I, I've actually averaged it all out to make sure that we're covering similar to the look of your inspiration photo. And so then that kind of makes more sense because I'm averaging everything out internally. They don't need to know that, but you're trying to make it easy math. So let's say you have five feet across on the top, one and a half feet wide that you're doing on, let's just say, the front of a hoopah or a mundup or an arch. Then you're coming five feet down, one and a half feet wide. And I actually will even put how wide it is because I don't want to show up and somebody says, I thought it was going to be thicker. You don't want to be in that situation on a wedding day. So I clarify even how wide the flowers are going to be. 
I figure out my square foot footage that way. And then I times it by what my average square foot costs. Easy installation pricing. Done. Like I had, let's just say, 10 or 15 square feet, and I'm timesing it by my $150 a square foot. And then you're not, you know, messing around. I've actually even seen florists go in. I went in and counted, and there was 350 roses in it. I'm like, that took a long time. And so save yourself some headache. This is a super easy way to figure out an installation, especially the vertical facing ones so that you're just you're looking straight at it. I quote a lot of cultural weddings and I quote a lot of mundups, a lot of huppas, a lot of elaborate stage. And all I do is I just look at the square footage and I put all those details in there. I average it out and I put that pricing in. But I think one of my biggest strong points, and I've actually received feedback from a lot of the florists that have freelance for me and a lot of people that I have coached, is that I come into wedding day with, I would say, 80 to 90% of my installations completely done. There's a lot of structures with cultural weddings that you actually, you I've, of course, used foam-free and use not, but from a time perspective, and I'm reusing my cages after the events, so that's less impactful to the environment. If you didn't know that, all the Oasis cages, you can actually save those. It's amazing. So I've went in and I've pre-made all those cages, and I'm going to actually be sharing some videos on my Instagram page and my YouTube channel about that because it is a game changer to not have to have five people come with you on your Saturday, on their Saturday, to help set 100% of this up. I literally have attached garlands to two by fours of plywood that I've painted green, and I've carried a whole eight foot installation on a board into a wedding before. I usually will map out all of my cages and have those all prepped for my wedding week. I actually on Mondays will go and prepare all those things and put them in a bucket and have them soaking in vase and foam food. And so literally the, it, everything's already the week before the wedding. It, it, it is so great to be able to go in and you have to fluff. There is definitely some fluffing that you need to do to make it look a little bit airier, plug a little Smilex in or whatever it may be. But having your installations done as much as possible is going to save your brain, your stress, and the expenditure of labor because you are getting all of that done ahead of time and also not having to stress that you don't have enough flowers because guess what? You have 80%, 90% of it made. You bring your bucket of blooms for fillers and you are ready to go with having a stress-free day. Like I am all about making a stress-free day if possible. And there's always going to be moments where something is different or changes. I've literally walked in to a wedding and the structure that they were putting together was a new concept. They practiced it once and the structure wouldn't, did not look good or it didn't hold. We had to, like, there was, there's so many things that have happened because I've done 1500 weddings. So I've just, I've seen so many things, but you have to be when you walk in and there is an issue. I've had so many people that have explained like, I, I can't believe how well you took this. 
that, that we have to change all these things. It's not helpful to freak out. And one of my biggest resources in my business is my flower friends, my vendor friends, which I consider some of my closest friends. And freaking out and stressing everybody out when it's always already weddings are kind of a stressful situation just isn't helpful. And I truly feel it just doesn't even need to happen. You can be grounded. You can come into that um, scenario going, okay, we're going to roll with this. This is, I'm pretty good at thinking on my feet. So you just sit and pause. Okay, how can I make this work with what I have? And then develop a plan, get buy-in. And if it's something that I think that the de the decorator or the planner or whoever is proposing, I will speak up and say, I really worry that that's going to capture the essence of the couple's vision because this is their inspiration photo. And it really, I think it's going to change the look. So you can give feedback that you're worried without having to completely just say th that's a horrible idea because we don't need to say things are horrible on anybody's wedding day because that's again just adding stress so those are some different ways that I go about installations to make them a very stress-free process for me even when I'm doing a foam-free installation like I've literally wrapped eight foot poles and chicken wire and I've had to wrap seven of the poles total so I, I've had to do a lot of foam-free chicken wire mechanics as well, also using, you know, different water vessels to create floor installations and things like that. And I, this past weekend, walked into one of those situations where we were making a swoosh in a gold frame that was used for a ceremony backdrop. That, that whole structure, I knew the measurements of it. So we had the chicken wire burrito already made, already to go. And we walked into that insulation with it pre-greened. And a lot of times if I do, especially pre-greening of chicken wire structures, I, I know a lot of people are like, you need to soak the moss. That makes it so heavy. I literally use a mister on my hose. And then when I go into my installation that day, I have a garden sprayer from a Menards or Home Depot that literally I'm just putting water in. If you are a flower food person, you definitely can do that. I have not seen an impactful difference on an installation slash wedding day that it's made a difference to use a more expensive product. Water, just spraying the whole thing down when you're done with your foam-free installation. I actually, even when I do a regular foam installation, I spray everything down because I want it as hydrated as possible for that event. And if it's especially using hydrangeas, they're thirsty. They drink from their petals and it's just a little bit extra moisture to, that really makes a difference. So I hope you enjoyed my three different strategies, Hind Installations. And please go check us out on Facebook because if you have questions about that, join the group, the Floral Hustle Facebook group. You can ask me a question about insulation. I'm like so happy to help you because I think it's it's a real opportunity in your business because those types of things to me are really great ways to make money because they are big and impactful. They're not a small centerpiece. It's just a, a big money maker in my opinion, and it has been very impactful in my business. So enjoy your week, flower friend, and thanks so much for listening. 
friend, thank you so much for hanging out with me today. If you found value or today's episode was helpful, please head to your podcast player of choice and hit that subscribe button so that you can be notified every week of new episodes. And while you're there, please go and leave a review. Reviews are so important for getting this message out to all of our other flower friends. Also, if you are wanting additional support, head on over to Facebook and join the Floral Hustle Facebook group, which is a place for like-minded floralpreneurs wanting a more aligned and more profitable floral business. Flower friend, have a fun-filled flower week.